Thanks for tuning in, guys. Rick Shue, Bob Seska, Free Base. We're going to talk spoiler discussion with Flash. So if you haven't seen it, turn it off. If you have, let's chat. Everybody, come on, let's get down. Get down. down. I really love that song. Oh, me too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's always so cool to hear it on your, like in the context uh, of your show. Yeah. It, it really yeah. works. Like when you sent that over to me and I played it, I was like, really? That That's the piece I get? That is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so good. And then my buddy with the way he did it with the video. Oh, and, I love it. Yeah. And, and your, and your, and the logo. Anyway, um, yeah, it's awesome. all great. All right, guys. So, Welcome. How we doing? Everybody good? Yeah, great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Always. Bob Seska, Freak Base. We'll do some plugs at the end. If you guys don't know who these guys are at this point, I don't know what's wrong with you. Not knowing who I am is one thing. These guys are <laughs> legit. Um, okay, so let's just dive right in. I've got, uh, we've got about 45 minutes here. I want to have an in-depth discussion um, about The Flash. And let's just say up front, not to say we won't reference things about the box office and everything. I know that's a big topic of conversation, but we, what we would rather do here is talk about the movie, what it meant to us, how we felt about it, et cetera. If you want to have a conversation about a box office, maybe the three of us will reconvene on that. And really, guys, I think we could probably do that once it's all said and done, right? Because who the hell knows where it's going to go anyway? You never know. Yeah. You never, you, you never know. So, yeah. Freak, you were the first to jump on. So, um, let's, let's let you roll first. Um, tell everybody when you saw it, how many times you've seen it, and just what your let it rip man what are your thoughts on the movie okay great so uh i saw it the well the technical opening day on the friday i know that they're releasing thursday is actually like the the early opening day but yeah that that first weekend it was open on the friday luckily i hadn't i mean i was like doing everything i could to avoid spoil any spoilers i you know uh was looking at you know twitter with half an eye closed every time i was on there so i went in there pretty fresh you know i'd just seen the um just the trailer and that, you know, that, that, that for those first couple trailers and that was it. And, um, I told you guys both this, uh, with a little DM message is that, uh, I mean, when I walked out of there, I felt like a kid and, and I don't <laughs> mean like, I don't mean like, Oh my gosh, I'm seeing Michael Keaton again. I feel like a little kid again. I don't mean it like that kind of way. I mean it like the wonderment of watching it, like the movie struck me and just like a, I mean, I was in the movie i felt like i was uh, I, I was i understood why i was a dc fan why i was a comic book fan like it hit all, pressed all those buttons um emotionally i mean i must have teared up and probably outwardly cried in that last um are we doing spoilers yet or should well, i do yeah in, fa in fact i just took the banner off so everybody can see our names here but yes 100 spoiler like i said if you haven't seen it and don't want spoilers log off Okay, great. Yes, yes, sir. Great. So the, the the that final scene when he's with his mom at the uh, at the grocery store and he has to make that choice to grab the the can of tomatoes back on the shelf, which is obviously going to make her, uh, you know, her disappear from existence. Uh, that was just such an incredible scene. I thought Ezra Miller, um, you know, to get rid of all the baggage, but you know, he uh, his performance was unbelievable not just his individual performances but the way interacting with i mean those felt when i was watching it like i was watching two different actors even though it was the same actor it was almost like the christopher reeve thing with clark kent in the original superman to where like this is a different this is not the same guy doing the same part it didn't it felt like he, he really really had 
uh, both those characters down and it didn't feel like I was watching like a split screen when they talked to each other. Um, uh, Sasha Kaye, I believe is the way I pronounced her last name, just like I predicted on her show here a few weeks ago. I still feel like she's the breakout star from from that. I mean, I know it was a, it was a lot smaller part than I was expecting with her, but she all her she just to me she just popped off that screen. I really really mm-hmm. hope that James Gunn's going to continue on with her uh, in his universe. And um, uh, you know, Cage and Clooney. I mean, what else can you know? That I think you and I both just said those one more. <laughs> did you, did you say did you did you say Cage as a Nicholas Cage? Yeah, Cage yeah. and Clooney. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just uh, goosebumps when I saw that that scene. You know, yeah. I I actually was. I um, I don't know, guys, if you guys remember this or you were part of this, but um, they actually had a um, I think it was a Kickstarter fund for the making of the Superman Lives movie that when it came back. This was like maybe like ten years ago. And I was one of the people that donated to that, you know, uh, for that fund. So I've I was very very aware of that whole movie, and you know, watched it, watched that move that the documentary on that a thousand times. And so that was so incredible. And the George Clinton, I am not a fan at all of 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 Batman and uh, Robin, but as we've discussed here on the show, I've always thought uh, Clooney was just an incredible um, Bruce Wayne, and. Uh, that ending season, uh, ending scene when he comes out of the car was just, I mean, it was perfect. I loved it. And just overall, <laughs> I, I think the last thing I'll say, and I'll let and Bob jump on here, but um, I think, and this is not to talk about box office, this is regardless of box no, office. No, it's okay to reference it, man. It's natural. But yeah. I think the rewatchability, I think this is going to be possibly almost like a, the first Spider-Verse movie to where once it gets to streaming and gets to HBO Max or, excuse me, Max, um it's going to um i think this is going to have legs and that it may be two years it may be three years but i think the rewatchability i think this movie is going to age very very well in my opinion well you know on that note i'll say this and see if you guys agree right so we we talk about box office in the now because that's just the world we live in unfortunately especially Mm. on social media yeah but but when we reflect on films that we love from 5 10 20 years ago i don't have a clue where some of those films yeah. are box office wise. I don't, I don't have no idea and I don't care. Yeah. And, and ultimately that's really what matters. All the box office chatter has ramifications obviously, but uh, you know, per the top of the show, this is just about our love for the film. And I agree. And I will tell you about the Clooney cameo at the end. And I'll say this, that was originally supposed to be Keaton. It was already filmed. Right. And, right. And, right. And, and Supergirl's in that scene. Again, that's almost another conversation for another day. That's, that is a frustrating part of this whole thing for me in terms of Keaton. But on that note, I and I'll just say this real quick. I want to turn this to Bob, but I'll just say I I didn't love this movie when I saw it the first time. I had a lot of issues, and my and my problem was, and I realized it when I saw it again, was that I fell into the trap that I preach about, where I know too much about the behind the scenes and the changes, mm. and I let that affect the way I looked at the movie. Yeah, and yeah. so right. So the second time I said, "Don't do that. Don't you know? Do what you preach." And I didn't. And I and so that last scene with Clooney. Now I. I guess I really kind of always loved it, but what a sport for him to do that too, by the oh, way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, cause he's just been self-deprecating about that. His whole, um, I still pop up there. This, his whole career. It's, it's really funny. And then I like when Ezra's like, who the fuck are you? It's a one F bomb in the movie. I think. Lot, <laughs> last thing I was say about the Clooney thing, man, uh, you know, Clooney's one of those guys that, um, He's like the older he gets, the better he looks. I mean, Dude. he almost looked kind of like when he was young, he looked almost a little, you know, kind of awkward and weird. And like, now, 
Yeah, facts of life days, exactly. <laughs> and now, dude, it's like, man, it's like what, 62. What, 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 he's 62 yeah, years what old. vitamins yeah. are you taking, man? He, he, just, he just looks better all the time. Yeah, he, he's a stud. He really he, is. I remember. Yeah. I, anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry yeah, you know, he doesn't wear so. makeup. He doesn't have makeup applied when he does roles. He goes really? in with his. Yeah, he doesn't have anyone touch his face. It's, Great. it's incredible. Well, you Not know, because what, he's weird about people touching his face. He just doesn't need it. Doesn't need the makeup. You know, Clo Clooney's make, here. Make, make me hate him more, Bob. Thanks. You guys yeah. know I'm a Cincinnati <laughs> guy, and the Clooney's here are like you know legends here. We're from Cincinnati oh, yeah. because right. his, oh, yeah. his his dad was like a huge newscaster here. Like my mom t tells me, like for for years and years, and uh, Rosemary Clooney's from from this area too. So they're, they're like legends in this this uh, and he you know and and, and uh, George went to in uh, Northern Kentucky, which is basically the twin city of Cincinnati. So they're kind of a big icons here in the city. They are the Matthew McConaughey of Ohio, right? There you go. That's Cause it. Because he's, he's 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 a he's a god here. All right, Mister Sesca, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? Um, this was uh, God. I, I just the headline for me and the Flash is it was fun. Um, First of all, it was the first movie I had seen in a movie theater since Rise of Skywalker in 2019. Yeah, Ooh, so I'm back. I'm back. What was the what was that now. like? Just real quick, was that weird? Not going to movie theaters? Well, I mean, going back to one, returning to one. Oh, going it? back to one. Yes, it was weird. It, it yeah. was kind of I forgot about a couple of things. I forgot about all of the regular kind of TV style commercials that they now run before. <laughs> right, right. And I also forgot. And I'm someone who wears headphones all day, so I'm accustomed to volume, loudness. I forgot how loud these movies were. In fact, <laughs> when I first heard, like, there was a Regal Cinemas thing that came up with, like, this booming bass drum and everything, like, oh, my God, there's something wrong in the booth. Why, why is this so loud? And I felt like that, you know, that uh, Abe Simpson meme where he's... <laughs> It's so loud, but he's so deaf that he starts screaming, turn it up, turn it up. And uh, with the THS, THX uh, logo. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it was, uh, I was amazed by how much fun I had watching this movie. I laughed. I, in fact, I surprised myself over the number of times that I was laughing. And I don't know what that says about uh, an action-adventure movie. I don't know if you're supposed to laugh that many times, but... I know that with comic book movies now, comedy is a big part of it. That's part of the formula, so to speak. The other thing was I went in with somewhat low expectations. I wasn't um, as knocked out by a lot, as a lot of people were with the trailers. Uh, obviously, it's exciting that Michael Keaton is back as Batman. I wasn't thrilled with the look of the new Batman. I think we've talked about this, or I've mentioned it at least on this show a couple of times in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, so I think that was my headspace going in. And when that baby's scene started, I was, that's what won me over with this movie. And I know like Ryan Airy over at Screen Crush was like, oh, that's silly. Why do they do the baby scene? It was so ridiculous. I looked at it in a different way. This is a mainstream comic book movie tentpole release. And within the first 10 <clears throat> minutes, they endangered a dozen babies. <laughs> right. It's a baby shower. Yeah, yeah. well, that was yeah, dumb. Yeah, I hate, I didn't like uh, that. Oh, joke. really? But, I, yeah. I, 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 but I liked, <laughs> I'm guilty. I liked it. <laughs> I like the wickedness of endangering all those babies, throwing them out the window. The Flash is just like, the Flash movie itself, and Andy Muschietti and the writers were like, okay, you know what? 
we're going to throw a dozen babies out the window within the first 10 minutes. And then the Flash is going to have to save them from scalpels and all these things, the projectiles about to kill them. And I felt like it was right out, right out of the shoot. It was like a James Gunn kind of thing. Like, I could absolutely see, and I know this is a separate universe from the forthcoming DCU, but I felt like that was like a thing that James Gunn would do. Okay, you know, what's the most wicked thing that could happen to human beings in the first 10 minutes of the movie that the Flash has to rescue them from? We're going to throw babies out the window, and then there's going to be like a scalpel that's careening toward one of the babies, and the Flash has to knock the scalpel out of the way. All of that stuff. Putting the baby in the microwave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the yeah. baby in the microwave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The baby in the baby microwave. Put, it, it saved its life. Yeah. yeah. Andy Muschietti put a baby in a goddamn microwave. And yeah. so that's what I said. Okay, now I think we're into something with this movie. I think this now the stakes are astronomical as far as what can possibly happen in this film if they're going to endanger babies in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of perspective. But anyway. No, it's got- great. Yeah, I think you text something like it was naughty. Very James Gunn naughty. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Devilish. Was- devilish. devilish yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I agree. That's I, I, agree. I love it too. Yeah. And so from that point forward, I was in it and enjoying it. And I was surprised that I was enjoying it. I, it was one of those things where every time I'd laugh out loud, uh, I would kind of make a mental note. Wow, okay, this is maybe the sixth or seventh time I've laughed out loud. And I don't often do that with these movies, partly because, and this speaks to my low expectations, I feel as though part of the problem with comic book movies now is, and this speaks to our conversation about superhero fatigue or whatever we were calling it, it's becoming, I think these movies are becoming a little bit too formulaic. I think they're resting on a certain kind of storytelling where certain beats are happening. And uh, with this movie, I think it deviated from that a little bit. And also the the acting was so superb. And mm-hmm. when it comes to, I, I, th- there's a lot of baggage, obviously. Freak, you talked about this a little bit. A lot of baggage circulating around Ezra Miller. Yeah. And and that, I think, to me, it didn't distract from the movie all that much because the interplay between Ezra and the other Ezra, between Barry and the other Barry, was so good. I was yeah. in it. As you said, Freak, I was totally sold on that. Um, and it, those were some of the funniest scenes, too. I thought I was going to be annoyed by younger Barry, by 2013 Barry, but... Yeah. I, it was, I was laughing too much to get annoyed. I didn't like the way Barry was treated in the theatrical cut of Justice League. I didn't like that kind of style for that character. Uh, and the younger Barry had a little bit of that in this movie. Um, but it wasn't as annoying as I thought it was going to be. But I, I know, uh, Rick, you were talking about that in one of your threads. And uh, the the bro nature of young Barry, and just a little bit. Yeah, I, I liked it for the most part. I laughed too. I, I think some of the stuff where they they meet for the first time in the house, yeah. and he's like, "Do the thing, do the thing," and it's broskies, and it was like a little too eighties, like Charles and Chargy or something. I, right, you know I mean? right, right, right. Like right. surfer eighties caricature stuff, but it didn't last very long. I mean, it's a it's a minor quibble. Overall, it was, it was really funny. You know, it felt like it felt like multiplicity. It, it, some of the interplay between. Barry Prime and the mm-hmm. younger Barry, 
felt a little bit like Michael Keaton interacting with one of his doppelgangers in Multiplicity. I think that it was that level of, well, this is a really annoying character, but because of the way the main Barry is handling this other character, it kind of smooths out the rough edges of that second Barry being super duper annoying. So in that regard, is great. Uh, Sasha Callier was uh, wonderful in this. I, I wish, I agree with you, Rick. I, I wish there was more for her to do in this mm-hmm. movie yeah i wish there was uh i think and it, going to uh ryan airy again uh at screen crush he said something to the effect of you could have t- taken supergirl out of this movie and it probably wouldn't have changed the overall narrative from beginning to end and i don't know if i necessarily agree with that i think there are certain considerations as far as the multiverse goes and where's superman and this justice league formula and so on so she her presence answered a lot of questions and she was really damn good. So I hope that she continues on in James Gunn's DCU and becomes Supergirl in that context. Um, One thing I noticed, and I'm not sure if this is getting a lot of discussion. I'm not sure even if James Gunn has addressed this at all, but there's a lot of um, debate over what justice league version is Canon in the DCEU. And at this point, Ultimately, the big it doesn't really matter because the DCEU is ending. However, uh, there were at least two references to the Snyder Cut in this movie. There was one uh, with Iris West where she was like, I vaguely remember seeing you somewhere recently. What, what was mm-hmm. that? And he was like, oh, we knew each other in college. Like he was trying to cover up the fact that he rescued her in that car crash which was right. only in the ju- it was only in the Snyder cut yeah that that wasn't in the theatrical right. version uh, Iris West was not anywhere in uh, the theatrical cut of that mm. movie and then um, like if you don't read yeah you're exactly right go ahead sorry yeah well and then the second reference to the Snyder cut was came from um, Ben Affleck came from Bruce Wayne he was talking about Barry messing with uh, time travel in Russia and that's another thing that only happened in the Snyder Cut. That, that whole thing with the Speed Force uh, only happened in Zack Snyder's Justice League. So you ha- so now this movie that's essentially capping off the DCEU is now directly referencing things that only happened in the Snyder Cut. So in that regard, maybe it was Muschietti trying to get something in there out of maybe some sort of deference to Zack Snyder. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's official or not. But at least in terms of the storytelling, it seems as though the Snyder Cut is now canon in the DCEU. Well, let's just take it a step further. And really, with the whole multiverse thing anyway, sky's the limit. Why not? Why not? Right. I mean, I mean Kevin Smith's Bat- uh, Superman film, Tim Burton directed it, apparently. it's, it's It yeah. exists. It's there. Well, and also the Snyder Cut did better. Whether you like that or not, whether you prefer that movie over the- theatrical, I vastly prefer the Snyder Cut over yeah, the theatrical oh gosh, cut yeah. Justice League. But uh, regardless of that, it did better. It was better received. The Snyder Cut had a better Rotten Tomatoes score, and it was better reviewed. And we don't know what the numbers are because we're streaming as such an opaque mm-hmm. mystery these days. But uh, I, I think it's probably beneficial for the DCEU to attach itself to the Snyder Cut. Over, Plus, it, it's an olive branch to the toxic fanboys uh so maybe there's something there maybe there's an element to that too sure and i just for the record just my own personal opinion you shave off about an hour mm-hmm. I'll, i think it, i would have a much more fair sort of comparison i much prefer batman and the snyder cut i actually still prefer superman and, and just in justice league 
I know the lip. It's awful. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, performance, yeah. it's there's, hard some, to look at. there's some great Superman moments in that film with the fucked up lip. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyway, but, 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 but that's, that, yeah, but, yeah, it is. It's hard. It's hard. But that's a, that's a great point. Um, hey, real quick. I want to say we were talking about multiverse so much. And this is one of my notes. And my thing I didn't mention is the one thing um, uh, that I would say about the way the multiverse was explained, especially the way Keaton did it with the whole spaghetti uh, uh, little scenario there when yeah. they were at the house. So good, by the way. Yeah, it was great. And and the um, I think DC and I'm a huge Marvel fan. So so this is not throwing shade at Marvel, but unless with Marvel, unless you are kind of in the comic world and very much a CBM person like we are, the multiverse. I always use my mom as an as an explanation. My mom, if my mom can can get it, then the G GA can get it. And my mom, with the multiverse explanation in this movie, she would understand the concept of multiverse. In Marvel's universe, I'm not so sure she would, just because it's so, yeah. this character and this variant and this, da 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 it's, like, it's very, very wide. You know, some would say convoluted, but I'll say to say wide, to be nicer, where in the DC, it was almost like a back to the future approach. It was very, in my opinion, digestible, the whole multiverse concept. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. by the way, I love the Back to the Future subplot. Oh, with the Eric Stoltz thing? Eric Stoltz, yeah. yeah. yeah I love that, that they fun. keep coming back to that. I was curious, though, uh, the second Barry, the younger Barry, kept using this uh, slang term, beave. Did we ever figure out what beave is? Because, no. in fact, Prime Barry was like, what is beave? Why do you keep saying beave? Oh, yeah, that's a great There's point. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't I know. That. I was wondering if maybe that's a Stoltz thing. Maybe that was from the alternate Back to the Future. Oh, that'd be that a deep timeline. cut if they did that. Well, yeah. And, well, here's here's a million-dollar question. In that universe, did Eric Stoltz do two and three? Was he in the old Wild West and the future? I don't, oh, know. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I don't we didn't know. get a sense of how well Back to the Future did <laughs> with Eric Stoltz. I, I, I don't think it did as well. I think there's one, but I think it has a cult following <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> it's office well, speaking, space <laughs> speaking of multiverses and this is up for debate i was kind of when i first saw it i mentioned something we uh, in our uh, private conversation about the bat cave and whether we're really looking at the burton verse when it came to uh, michael keaton's batman and I, I kept thinking about that waterfall in that cave right, opening right. And it looks so similar to the Nolan verse Batcave. However, and so that made me think that, uh, well, maybe this isn't exactly the Burton verse. Maybe there is another universe where it's fedoras and that mixture of 70s vehicles and 40s costumes and things like that. That, that very unique, ob obvious Tim Burton style. And, uh, and then I thought about it a little bit more and it turned, I think that's just the opening for the Batwing, which we never really saw in the Burton verse. We never saw in the first uh, Batman 89 or Batman Returns. So I, I'm kind of backpedaling on this notion that, oh, it wasn't the Burton verse. Maybe there's well, Batman somewhere. Well, a, a couple things on that, if I may. One, I had a buddy point out to me, and I have not cross referenced this yet, that yeah. he swears that Joker's laughing box. Remember when Barry brings it? Like, Look at this oh, yeah. thing get laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a great moment. He said it, it's, a, it's a different color. Mm -hmm. One's yeah, purple, is. one's green, or, or whichever the way around. That's interesting. And and on that note, if if I may, I'll just say this real quick. The things I loved about this movie the most at the end of the day was the stuff with Barry and his mom and dad both. And I don't, you don't have to be a parent. You know, we're all you know sons and daughters, whether or not we ever had a relationship with the parents or knew our parents, whatever. But uh, obviously, not all of us, all of us are parents. 
but you don't even have to have that. It's just, if you have a heart and you have some humanity, right? Yeah. My God. I mean, the, and then I don't know the actress's name, but the woman that plays his mom, dude. Oh, and, and I'm a, Oh my God, I'm a big Billy Crudup fan, by the way. And I was disappointed mm -hmm. that he wasn't returning, but I love, Oh God, I always go blank on the actress's name. Who plays his dad? Ron Livingston. Yeah. Ron Livingston. Yeah. I just referenced office space. In fact, there you go. Yeah. All came back around office space. Um, he was so good. I mean, he yeah. really was great. And that last scene that you referenced freak, when he takes the can of tomatoes out of the cart after he washed himself, put back in, that's a really bold thing to do. And, and what I mean by that is he has to let his mother get murdered for the better sake of the universe. Yeah. And it's terribly tragic. Yeah. And that that whole thing, I love that from the beginning. The reason I gave it a B minus and had issues with it was Batman. So if I could piggyback on this. So the Keaton Batman stuff, I felt like he was cheated. I felt like we were introduced to him and then he's dead. And and then again, I know that they had plans for him. He was supposed to be in the ending of the movie, in fact. And I was like, how do you bring back him and kill him? Just like he's gone. He's not in Batgirl. These things don't exist. But maybe he's not technically the Burton Batman per se. Mm -hmm. And to Bob's point. And so that opens up that door with the multiverse stuff and everything. Once I was able to let that go and sort of accept that, I really thoroughly enjoyed everything about him in that movie. Yes, yeah. I want more. And I saw the, have you get, did you guys see the scenes of the screenshots from Batgirl that came oh, out? Oh, I yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that oh. looks just like the 89 costume, too. It's even, yeah. oh, it's, it's hard, man. That's yeah, brutal. Yeah. That we yeah, may not ever yeah. see that. Yeah. But my God. And really, I think we'll eventually see it. I think it'll, they'll eventually mm -hmm. drop it as sort of either as a bonus disc with the Flash or something. I, 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 it I just hope seems so. ludicrous that they've got this thing and they can't, they don't want to monetize it at all. Even if they just make a teeny tiny amount of money, it would defer. I know I, I hate talking about the business side of things, but it makes sense to at least put it out there in some way. Uh, and stranger things have happened, of course. You're right. Snyder cut, you know. You're right. right. You're right. And I hope so. And the black label thing that Gunn has gives yeah. opens up a door for all kinds of possibilities. I just wondered, I don't know, Michael Keaton personally, never met the man, would love to, but never have. Is he disgruntled at all by all this? Probably not, because I don't think he really gives a shit in the, the day. He's like, whatever, I just mm -hmm. get my paychecks. And yeah. that's kind of him. That's what's appealing about it. But at the end, of the day, he was sort of promised this platform. Yeah. And then Batgirl gets scraped. That's a big kick in the balls. And then the future for him is uncertain now at this point. And then there was obviously a lot of stuff cut out of the flash. Now it's an editing uh, medium as much as is a director's medium, especially depending on the director. If you're Steven Spielberg, you know, you, you call all the shots. Um, but uh, so I understand that things end up on the cutting floor and we've all seen, I mean, like there's some, like that great scene in the last Jedi where Luke is like mourning Han's death. You watch some things like that. You're like, why is that not in the movie? That makes no sense. But yeah. that's just the nature of things. Editing is a, is a tough deal. So I understand that all, not all the scenes are going to be in there, but it didn't, it wasn't just a scene taken out. It, it, it altered the promise of him more, but, yeah. but ultimately the performance is great. And really even his death when he, when he says, you know, I'm trying to bring you back or whatever, or I can't bring you back, whatever he says to him, he says, you already have. Yeah. And I thought, what a cool, if he's got to go out, and again, they're still with the multiverse and everything else, we may get him again. But that's that's a really badass moment. And to come mm -hmm. back around, you talked about um, Freak, I think it was you that talked about the waterfall and looked very Nolan. I agree. And I will say that, frankly, I think that even the old, you know, hermit 
Bruce Wayne was reminded me of the Dark Knight Rises and and obviously under different circumstances. And I talked to Ryan Haas from BOF about this, actually. And uh, he, he he brought this up to me and I, and I agreed that there's some uh, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but there's some there are parallels there with Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne and the Flash and Christian Bell's Bruce Wayne at the top of the Dark Knight Rises. I thought that was a cool tie in. Yeah. And right to see both those actors who, in my opinion, are the two greatest actors to play the part in terms of just actors and to both kind of be in the same place, albeit different circumstances. Well, really and it was and believable the believability of, you know, I was still, you know, I was all in the Michael Keaton camp, believe me. And, and uh, but I was kind of like, he is 70. And it's like, is this <laughs> really going to look weird? Him, a 70 year old guy putting on a Batman outfit, jumping around totally believe like it was totally believable they didn't they didn't shy away from the age thing they almost kind of embraced it and uh I, I, it was it was great the mood the moves were incredible well when, yeah. when, they, when, they, when they were in russia and he was you know going to rescue supergirl yeah he's standing yeah. up he looks down he's like oh this is gonna hurt and by the way that <laughs> shot of him when mm -hmm. i saw that the first time i went was that that looked like george clooney to me and that scene where he says that just throwing that out there i know it's not but it was just a weird moment and then to see clooney at the end of it just was it was jarring yeah. but uh but that's a funny moment. Like, oh, this is gonna hurt. Yeah. I'm old. He knows he's old. Right. Uh, so, and I when and that. when he's patching himself up, like, it, um, he was almost enjoying the fact that I got like, like enjoying that moment. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I miss this. You know, and, and, yeah. and, and, and that's yeah. another Nolan thing to me. You yes. See, uh, yeah, I know. You see, Chris, but but yeah. you're right. When he and I didn't catch this the first time I saw it. When I saw it the second time, because I went from liking it to loving it. By the way, yeah. When he look, he looks up at himself in the mirror and kind of smiles. Like, that's right. I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Bob, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? He's giving the stitches. To oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's right. I I recognize as I call back right away. Yeah. Um, a couple of things about Michael Keaton, too. Mm -hmm. First of all, uh, in this movie, um, the bat suit <laughs> is better in the movie than it is on Instagram in photographs. Yeah. It, it doesn't still photograph very well. That's one thing I discovered. If, if you're a purist as far as the costumes go, the, uh, the superhero costumes, uh, it looks a lot better in the movie, in motion. I think uh, those of you who haven't seen it yet will appreciate it more once you see it in action, the Bat costume, I agree. or Batman costume. And so the other thing uh, I want to mention too, I think this, is, this speaks to perhaps why this great movie hasn't been as well received as everyone was expecting. And I think it was a marketing problem. I think they, sh they should have kept the Michael Keaton thing completely secret and i understand wanting to build a hype machine but can you imagine if this had been a surprise suddenly michael keaton's batman shows up in this movie imagine not even knowing that that was going to happen yeah that would have been i think so many people who went to see this movie already knew it was going to happen in fact i think when you first uh when you first are introduced to bruce wayne or michael keaton's bruce wayne uh, they don't show his face right away. Right, and, right. And then there's, it seems almost though there was a pause for applause, like an audience break when you first see him, when you first see his face and realize, oh my God, that's Michael Keaton. And so I, I almost feel as though the movie was made for Michael Keaton to be a surprise. And when that didn't quite work out because they needed to promote the movie and, and build up hype for it, I think it undermined that surprise. So maybe that was a, a factor in all of this, but ultimately I don't care because I still enjoyed the movie. Well, and it could yeah. be something to do with the fact that uh, highlighting the star who's 
a negative headline magnet could also be yeah. why they shifted gears on him too. Who knows? But um, let's talk about one more thing here in the, in the 15 minutes we have left. So we've talked about Michael Keaton's Batman. We talked about Ezra Miller, who I agree is great, really mm -hmm. great. And you, you mentioned multiplicity. I know I've said this before. I'd still love to be on the fall on the wall. Like surely Keaton was on set, giving some tips on how to do the acting with yourself and everything. Is he, he does it with like five, he ends up with like five brothers on multiplicity, right? I think at there least. are what two. I think there are two other versions, or maybe two. three. I'm there's at least there's at least two more. No, he's, there's yeah. three because there's the sensitive guy. There's oh, the yes, guy that yes. there's the brother that's mentally impaired. There's three and then, copies, and then yeah. there then there's the sex drive, the sex you know, mm -hmm. um, the the bad boy brother, right? Yeah. So my my cat just jumps up. So hello, you know, he's gonna join us here. <laughs> but um, uh, let's talk about the other Batman, and yeah. this was uh Affleck's very likely last performance. Uh, I, I would have liked to have a little bit more uh, than what we got, but I will say that I really enjoyed seeing him again. I love that whole opening sequence. I love that we got to see his Batman truly in charge of the, uh, of the justice league and how that really all looked. And I got to get rid of the stupid re unplug stuff. Go away. <laughs> love you buddy, but go away. Um, but the scene where, and that whole opening sequence is great, but the scene where he is talking to, Barry about the universe, about himself reflecting yeah. and said, you know, I've got a lot of scars. I've made a lot of mistakes and I ended up alone. There's a lot of parallels in that film with conversations that Bruce and has with Barry, Michael Keaton's Bruce mm -hmm. that tie into that conversation. And I miss that the first time. So I had to take a bathroom break at one point. And so I didn't see the, the scene where Michael Keaton walks into the Batcave is talking to Barry about, I don't know who I would be without, the tragedy of losing my parents and that whole thing. Oh, uh, right. I, yeah. And I watched that the second I'm going, Whoa, what the parallels are just amazing. Yeah. So anyway, as a, as both of you guys are big fans of Snyderverse and Affleck and everything, uh, what was y'all's thoughts, Bob, what was your thoughts on, on Batfleck? Uh, I, I thought as a performance, Ben Affleck was great. I, I've, I've always liked Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, I, the, costume fell apart for me and as as i've illustrated on a number of occasions in this conversation i'm a i'm a real nitpicker when it comes to the superhero costume designs and i didn't love i, I love the blue and the gray i, I like that that was back sure but the ben affleck batman suit looked a little bit rubbery and cheap to me um and and i understand why it was the way it was but it was okay, and I, I, but I did love the interaction between uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, and the Flash on that bridge, and the the lasso of truth, and the all the confessions that took place. That's so that great, moment. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that was one of the laugh out loud moments of the movie, and so uh, overall good. Uh, but it's you can tell that they're running out of steam with those characters and. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it was a, a difficult thing to kind of evaluate because we're, we don't know. It's a different style. Uh, the Ben Affleck Batman costume was designed with a certain uh, kind of photography in mind. Zack Snyder's photography. And then when you start to take that out and put it into a different world, it kind of falls apart a little bit. Uh, but other than that, I thought it was great. I thought Ben Affleck was great. Yeah, he is great. And again, I think I like the Bruce Wayne stuff almost better than the Batman stuff in that film. But I do really like the scene where he's talking to Barry, he comes out of the truck on his bat pod. And I like mm -hmm. when the um, the guy runs off, he just throws the 
the yeah. uh, the battering knocks him out, and then, and then yeah, it's just it's good. It's really good. Uh, I would like to see a little more, and I was still maybe the fanboy in me was hoping for maybe one scene with the two of them, but it makes sense that it wasn't. Um, yeah. Well, uh, with the time we have left here, these last few minutes, so freak. Uh, let's let's kind of let's wrap up our. Uh, our thoughts on this film. So you, you yeah, I want I want to circle back really quick. I was please. as you mentioned that too. What something Bob said about this going back to the baby scene too as well because a lot of the discussion not about if it's not the box office, it's, it's about the, the the special effects. That's usually those are the two big you know controversial things on Twitter right now about this, the movie. And the thing I loved about the baby scene too is, in my opinion, it set up the way that the VFX are supposed to look. If you remember when the yeah. babies were falling out the window, when they actually were actually falling, they kind of did this like pseudo, you know, cartoonish kind of version with the bit. They weren't, they didn't look like real babies, you know, and mm. I'm that I'm sure that was a director's conscious choice um, for many reasons. But to me, that kind of set up anytime Barry went into his, um, you know, time travel type stuff um, that the, they all all the effects kind of had that kind of whatever that filter was they were using that kind of look kind of almost cartoonish but not quite yeah, yeah. and again i think all uh, you know machete probably had almost an unlimited budget you know what he wanted and and i think that the baby thing kind of set up the rest of the movie and a very like i never like i didn't watch the rest of the movie and felt i didn't feel jarred at all because it was already kind of set with, up with the baby scene you know i I, mean? I i agree it's very stylized and you're in yes. that you're he's you're looking at it in the uh what's, what's the terminology here i'm just went blank speed force uh, the speed force thank you you're right. looking at it in through the eyes of the speed force and everything's mm -hmm. weird and and i think if, and i think if you would have kept it just totally like real people you know whether the whether the baby scene or any other speed force scene it had the danger of looking like uh x-men you know, when, when yeah. they just slow down with the yeah. Yeah. thing too, as well, you know? Well, and, and to one thing we haven't addressed yet to mention this as we're on our way out is that it, when it went into the, the flashes of uh, the multiverse, the first thing I saw was George Reese Superman, which yeah, I thought that was, was really cool. Yeah. yeah. And, that then was, I personally, and that was a surprise too. I didn't like, uh, no, that was going to even happen. Yeah. And then, and then you see Adam West, you hear Cesar Romero yeah. laughing. You obviously you get Chris Reeve and, uh, Who's the young lady? Helen plays, Slater. Uh, Helen Slater Helen played Slater. Super. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was cool to have her Supergirl show up next to him too. Right. And the right. CG looked great for those. I two. thought. I thought, I thought they it looked realistic. Yeah. Yeah, I thought all that really worked. And of course, the Nick Cage thing, spotting and fighting the giant spider. Yeah. I, I personally, and I've said this, I don't, don't, no disrespect to anybody, including you guys, especially you guys, I should say. I, I don't understand. I don't think there's a goddamn thing wrong with the way this movie looks. I think it looks great, and I think yeah, all that I stuff. Agree. I think all that stuff. That we're talking about is a stylized choice. Now you may not like the stylized choice. That's cool, right? But I did, and I'm. I watched. And I saw it, and then I saw it again on uh, in IMAX, and I'm sitting there going, "Am I supposed to not like the way this looks? Because I love the way this movie looks." Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to add as far as that goes. While we're still talking about the CG, is <clears throat> there is a thing happening behind the scenes with CG artists these days, and overworked. Kind of they are getting overworked. Yeah. they're getting screwed when it comes to uh, money. Uh, obviously, we're looking at way more effect shots these days than we did even ten years ago, to an yeah. extent. And uh, so they're in a crunch right now, and I think sometimes that manifests itself in. Uh, you know, some shots not looking as great because we're talking about CG shots or CG work in a single movie being spread out across several different uh, uh, visual effects studios. 
And so it's not just like ILM doing all the effects for a particular movie. It's mm-hmm. ILM and this group and, and this other group and this other group. And so there's a, maybe a consistency and budget and time constraint issue with the CG artists right now. There are some amazing CG artists great now with the Internet that you can access globally the best artists in the world. But at the same time, I, I think studios are expecting too much for not enough money. And that is an ongoing issue. If you ever see someone with their avatar as just a green screen on social media, that's a, a signal that uh, that person is interested in uh, helping CG artists and pushing back against studios short shrifting them. Mm-hmm. And that's a serious issue. There's hardly any CG work happening in these movies domestically. It's now being outsourced and so on. So lots of controversies going on in the CG community behind the scenes. So I'm very careful about not blaming the CG if a movie doesn't do as well as we expected. So I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Sure. No, that's a that's a very fair point. We're in the middle middle of this writer strike right now, so it's all yeah. very real. But uh, but again, I thought it looked great. But um, yeah. I, I want to say. Too. I want to say on some closing thoughts here, just for me, is that here's the here's the bottom line. Set, and I have a Twitter thread about this right now. I have my own opinions, my own analysis. They're just mine. And they mean virtually nothing. But um, but at the end of the day, shut out all the noise, guys, and go see this movie. It when you laugh, cry, clap, cry again, cheer, laugh again, and I laugh my ass off on that post-credit scene sue me i know it was pointless but it was hilarious yeah. and and then when i like when when momoa passes out in the water and barry looks at him's like he doesn't say it but in his mind it's like well fuck it he'll be okay he's aquaman <laughs> he's face down yeah, in the water right. yeah. he's in his element yeah. uh i mean what else do you want what else do you want in a movie i mean to yeah. have that all those emotions and everything and um and as a batman fan it's it's a, it's great fun to see affleck and keaton do what they do so anyway that's those yeah. are my final thoughts yeah, uh, Lauren Michaels has this great quote where when talking about his movies, the movie versions of SNL characters or SNL cast members who went on to do some movie that Lauren Michaels produced is the best review that you can possibly have for a movie is it was fun. Mm-hmm. And The Flash for me was fun. If you mm-hmm. just set aside your your biases when it comes to this universe or that universe or Snyder versus Joss Whedon or this or that and just go in and have a good time watching a comic book movie, this is a fun two and a half hours to spend in a movie theater. I, I can't emphasize that enough. And that's I'm what I mean about I, me, me being a kid. That's how I felt. I felt yeah, like I was exactly. like 10 years old watching, you know, you know, a, a Batman 89 again or whatever. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, I like I mean, that. Don't, uh, don't expect a Francis Ford Coppola sort of Stanley Kubrick version of some sort of comic book movie. Go right. in expecting fun. And this was a fun movie. And it's, and it has a big, huge, yeah. giant heart. Yeah. Um, and, oh, yeah. you know, you know, freak, and, and on your final thoughts, I just want to say I love the way you characterize where you said this makes me feel like a kid, but it wasn't just direct nostalgia about batman 89 it was about that feeling that batman 89 gave you yes it wasn't because michael keaton was back necessarily it was was just that same feeling and that's a much bigger thing than just oh look it's that guy again right you you know what i'm saying so anyway just want to point that out any just final thoughts on your answer um just everything you said i mean yeah I, i go see the movie i agree with bob it's a fun fun movie and again like i said when i was talking about at the beginning I really think this movie is going to age very well. I think we'll still be talking about this movie 
five, ten years. You know, every time it's gonna be one of those movies like, you know, I'm not gonna put up with like Shawshank or something like that. But right. I guarantee you, when it shows up on TNT or whatever your whatever kind of cable we have five years from now, we're gonna be oh like oh I'm gonna sit here and watch 20 minutes of this. You know, that's gonna be like just like when Back to the Future pops on AMC or whatever. You know, you don't you don't turn it off. That's right. Yeah. All right, Freak. Where can we, where can we find you, sir? Uh, you know, I'm live online like we all do right now. I'm probably, uh, I'm every single night, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday through Friday, Saturday's my only day off. I'm on TikTok and that's at Freakbase, um, 10 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Pacific, making lots of funky sounds on there. Love it. Love it. Love it. Bob, where can we find you, sir? Brand new episode of Trek Politics with me and Mary Trump is out today. We so talked to great. Jerry Ryan this week. We talked about uh, Strange New World Season 2, Episode 1. Had a lot of positive things to say about that. And I had a, a big nitpick in that episode. And I describe it almost at a, to a point of being psychotic about it. But <laughs> <laughs> that's some, sometimes we do that, don't we? Uh, mm-hmm. So, that yeah, that's out right now everywhere you get your podcasts and at trekpolitics.com. I'm so happy for you, man. That's the coolest thing in the I world. I love it. Thank you. It is. And uh, I'm Rick Shu on behalf of Courtney Cheek and Brian Chatland. The three of us, by the way, are finally coming back together to do a show next Wednesday morning. So check that out. And uh, they're back in the fold. They've both been really busy, but I'm, I need them. I want them. And they're on their way back. So the show will be complete with them. I've got to jump before this cat ruins my my computer and my mic and everything. I don't know how he made his way up here, but he made his way upstairs. So I got to run anyway. Thanks so much guys for watching. Friends Thank you. Appreciate Rick. It. Thank yeah, you thanks. guys. Thank everybody. Go see the flash. Go see the flash over now. Get down.